My name is A.B. Ridgeway. I'm the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things in My Mom's Favorite Christian Financial Advisor. And today, brothers and sisters, we're going to talk about unity. Many times when we think about unity, we think about congregating amongst other believers. We surround ourselves with Bible study, vacation Bible school, mission trips, and of course, Sunday service. But is this self-segregation to dwell amongst Christians and turn our backs on society? Is it healthy? Is it what our Christian community needs? Or is it hurting us more than it is helping us? Early this morning, I had the opportunity to come across a great article out of Christianity Today, authored by Carrie McKean, titled, Like-Minded, Not Like Me. It is a beautiful article highlighting the differences that we find within our church. She tells a wonderful story of how she grew up in the church, how she accepted Christ at age nine, and how she stayed within her Christian community. Now as a mother, she is raising teenagers who go to public school, and she's starting to realize how self-segregation is a real thing. She highlights the divide between red and blue, believer and non-believer, and in her own words, us versus them. In this episode, I'd like to address three points about the unity in the Christian community and how you can contribute to its growth as opposed to its destruction. One, the basics of fellowship and staying true to your biblical principles. Two, breaking free of the algorithm and social mirroring. And three, avoiding conceit and vain ambitions. So let's start with the basics of fellowship and staying true to your biblical principles. Carrie McCain writes, I assume that kind of flocking was biblical in its perspective sense. Didn't the Bible exhort us not to forsake the gathering of the saints, as it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, placing a high value on doing life with like-minded people living in such a homogeneous world seemed like the natural order of things i couldn't yet see the shadow side how easily we slipped into idolizing our own reflections mistaking the familiar for the proper and the customary for the righteous this idea of fellowshipping with only people that we are familiar with or that we're comfortable with can be a very dangerous game The reason is, there's a cognitive bias called the herd mentality we speak about on this podcast pretty often. The herd or mob mentality is described as how people can be influenced by the majority. Social psychologists study the related topics of group intelligence, crowd wisdom, and groupthink. So this is what we find in fellowshipping because us as humans are social creatures. We tend to lean on the majority, on the consensus. I recently had the opportunity to talk to an individual and we spoke about the world, the world as a whole, you know, Americans versus Canadians, Canadians versus the French, the French versus Africans. And we kind of came to the conclusion that when we make these generalizations, whether it's about race, whether it's about culture, whether it's about religion, we start to establish these stereotypes by which we pass judgment on these different communities. But we asked ourselves a very vital question. What happens When you pull an individual away from the group and you ask them the same questions that you assume the general population will answer. And what we found is that individuals don't necessarily hold the same values or the same ideologies as the group. And when they're separated from the group, they have the freedom to express themselves. Yet when they come together, then they want to stay with the mentality of those they fellowship with, even in the political realm. You may find somebody who is a strong conservative or someone who is a strong liberal. 
they may go against some of the core beliefs of that political party or maybe even some of the nuances of that political party. But when they're in that group, they fail to articulate these differences out of fear of being kicked out. So a culture or society in which we deemed maybe a non-believing group or one that opposes our Christian faith, we start to see that we have some commonality. There's a human aspect that we do share and that their thought processes don't necessarily reflect that of the group. We find that with even in James. Even after the death of Christ, James was still positioned in Jerusalem. And I think in this article, it really highlighted this point because Carrie McCain wrote that she was listening to her pastor give an interpretation about a scripture. And in her heart to hearts, what was being said didn't necessarily reflect what was being preached in the pulpit. She took a different perspective. She internalized the word and she applied it for what her views were at the moment. And I think this is very important for Christians to believe because when we become like-minded, we can easily be guided in the wrong direction. We see that in finances all the time. When people retire, they say, you know, when I retired, I took all my money out and those people aren't going to get my money. I'm going to put it all in the savings account so it can be in my name. I can have it. It's mine. I don't trust them. I don't trust the banks. I'm going to take all my money out and I'm going to put it under my mattress. Well, us in the financial industry know all those are pretty much bad ideas. But when you have your uncle, you have your aunt, you have your cousin, you have the people that go to church with and they're all regurgitating these same financial facts. You assume the familiar is right. So when I come along or other formerly educated financial advisors come along and say, you know what? You're under 59 and a half. I know you want to retire early, but be aware there's a 10% early withdrawal penalty if you put it into a non-tax deferred account, like a savings account. So you're going to lose 10% of everything that you've earned over these years to a penalty, not to include the income taxes you're going to have to pay on that large amount, which can actually put you into a higher tax bracket, which increases your taxes. It may be in your best interest to look for a tax deferred account or maybe just take out what you need. But they don't want to hear that because in their group, this is what they think and they don't want to hear anything else. On our last episode, we discussed about the blessings of God. And one of those blessings is critical thinking. And critical thinking is something that we shouldn't relinquish to the group. That is something that God has given to us so we can have discernment when it comes to different Christian topics and our beliefs. Now, some Christians may frown at the idea, but we have to look at the history of Christianity. Even in the early years of Christianity, James, Paul, Peter, all had different perspectives on how to practice this religion. They talked frequently about what you should do, what we should eat, how we should preach, how should we teach the Gentiles, how should we teach those that are in our community. Remember, Paul actually introduces a lot of different types of ways to actually look at the Christian lifestyle as he brings this message from a predominantly Jewish community to kind of a Roman Gentile community. We see that Martin Luther establishes the Protestants church and he didn't really care for the book of James. We see that Catholics may have a different perspective on the words of God as well. Now, does this make any Christian sect right or wrong? Is Catholicism better than Baptist? Is Baptist better than Protestant? Is Protestant better than the Lutherans? Right? Are they right or wrong? You know, I don't think it does. But when we get into this community, we see that maybe some people who are Catholic share some of the values or have some questions that the Protestants have that the Seventh-day Adventists may proclaim. And they think it's interesting. They think it may be right, but they dare not say nothing out of fear of being what? 
kicked out of the group. But all these groups share a common goal, which is to worship God and God alone. They have this common belief. So when we relate this to our finances, we have to understand that our finances are personal, that even though there is a financial structure on how to save, how to invest, how to handle debt management, how to handle wealth transfers, that we need to develop our own sense of what it means to be financially free. Because my definition is going to be different than yours. But we do still have an overall consensus that we agree on, that we want to retire happy, that we don't want to run out of money, that we want to make sure that our kids are financially sound and that they don't have to struggle if something should happen to us too soon, God forbid. You know, even when we invest, I have a client, he's a Catholic, and he wants to make sure that his assets were invested in things that aligned with the Catholic Church. And that's what we did. So if you're ever confused about what you should be doing or how you should be conducting yourselves, always go back to the Bible. Always go back to the scriptures and ask God personally what he has on your heart. As I said in the last episode, our friends and who we hang around with can either drag us to paradise or they can drag us to the pits of hell. Number two, I want to talk about the algorithm and self mirroring. Many of us are on social media and many of you may be listening to this podcast on social media, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn or YouTube. And what happens is the algorithm most likely gave you this episode. It pushed this episode to you because you're looking at Christian sermons. You're listening to gospel music. You're reading articles about Christianity from Christianity Today and other publications. But this is really creating a type of silo where you're only exposed to the answers and to the information that you feel is correct. So if you're Googling what's going on with the Republican Party, if you're Googling what's going on with Donald Trump, if you're Googling the conservative movement, the rise of Christian nationalism, that is all you're going to see. You're not going to see the other side. All you're going to see is the interpretation of the other side through the lens of your party. And we see this all the time. People ask, there's nothing but sexuality on my TV. There's nothing but this in society. There's nothing but this man versus woman, this and that. But guess what? What are you giving your attention to? What are you not scrolling past? Are you scrolling past scripture? And are you settling on the drama that you see on TV and the news? Because that's going to influence the algorithm. See, the algorithm says more about you than it says about the society in which you live in. It's very important that we take an opportunity to kind of get outside of the algorithm and expand our viewpoints. Maybe it means going to a different church. Maybe it means reading a different interpretation, listening to a different type of sermon. I know we have our favorite pastors. I know we have our favorite publications. I know we have our favorite podcast. But if we're going to be well-rounded as individuals, sometimes we have to step outside of that algorithm. Sometimes we have to step outside of those articles that we are being fed and seek knowledge and understanding so we can get a better understanding of who we are. Because technically, all we are doing is seeing a mirror image of what we feel is right. And that's what Carrie McKean pointed out. And we confuse what is familiar with what is right. And then it creates this chasm of us against them. Blue versus red. Me versus you. And the last point I want to discuss is conceit and vain ambitions. When we're talking about creating a financial plan, when we're talking about saving for the future, a lot of times we are at the center of that financial plan, which we should be. We are basically the center of influence to our families, to our friends, to our extended community. But with that responsibility, sometimes we can get lost in it. We can get lost in the idea that 
This is my money. This is what I'm going to do. These are the things I want to get accomplished. And we don't step outside of, once again, this silo that we've created for ourselves. We have to kind of step back and recognize that there are other ways to think. There are other ways to manage your money. There's other ways to incorporate the word of God and steward God's wealth. But until you actually sit down and write out your financial plans, you won't be able to see the biases. You won't be able to see the biases that you have within yourself. And that's why I recommend for anyone who's listening to sit down and ask yourself, what do I really want out of this world? Why am I saving all this money? Who do I care about? Who do I love? Who do I want to support? Why do I want to support them? Is this something that I'm just familiar with? Or is it something that I truly believe in? And this is the spirit of the financial plan. Because when we are thinking about ourselves and ourselves only, then it can cause within us this arrogance. Look what I gained. Look how much I made. Look what I did. I was able to invest and now look at me. I have all this money. I deserve all this status. That can be very detrimental to Christian investors and it can be very detrimental to our spirits as well. So this is what's important. We talked about in Proverbs is that without counsel, plans fail. But with many counselors, plans are established. So what this means is that our mentors can't be the same mentors all the time. It can't be the same mentors that we see day in and day out. Sometimes we need to get an objective view. Sometimes we need to hear from someone who may be opposing our views so we can either say this is what I truly believe or maybe just maybe there's something else out there to consider. We went over the basics of fellowshipping. We talked about the algorithm and how to step outside of that social media algorithm and how when we do this, we can avoid the conceit. We can avoid the vanity and we can grow as Christians and we can work toward bringing everyone together as opposed to contributing to the separation. As a certified private wealth professional with over a decade of experience, I've helped hundreds of Christians not only create their financial plans, but avoid some of the spiritual pitfalls that come with focusing solely on the money and turning our attention to God so we can fellowship with like-minded individuals, but also be exposed to the shadows so we can develop a strategy to conquer evil and steward God's wealth as he has called us to do. Well, if you're listening at this moment and you need some help developing your plan to see where you are, to see where you need to be, be sure to go to www.abrwealthmanagement.com. Schedule a consultation. We could talk about your goals. We could talk about where you want to be and how you can organize your finances so those things come into fruition and you can fellowship knowing that you're doing God's work. So before we go, I do once again want to recommend going to Christianity Today and look up the article. Also, go to her website, www.carriemckeen.com, and she has more articles, more publications about Christianity and thought-provoking ideas Christians need today. And if you're like me, you'll thoroughly enjoy them. I'll make sure that I put a link in the description so you can find that as well. Well, that is it for me. My name is A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. 
New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah One Ridgway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah One Ridgway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Team podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.